This episode of Noise of the Broke Boys is brought to you by Yoga Pants. Are you someone that doesn't do yoga but are hip with the culture and want to let everyone know by wearing pants that smash your blobby legs into an appealing form? Or maybe you participate in yoga regularly and want to celebrate the ancient techniques of the yogis by wearing an article of clothing that reveals the intricate shape of your rectum. Well, I'm happy to announce to all my cultural enthusiast listeners that Yoga Pants is here for you. Come appropriate ancient yogic culture and style with a fresh pair of yoga pants. Use the search code THOUGHT on Instagram to follow this cultural phenomenon. That's T-H-O-T on Instagram. And now, on to the show. In this episode, I talk with one of the most industrious guys I know. He's known for organizing some of the best hip-hop events in the northern and southern California areas. Not only does he have a ton of experience in entrepreneurship, but he is an amazing b-boy, a skilled MC, and a dope DJ. I forgot to press the record button in the beginning because I have a complete and utterly incompetent production staff. Written, directed, and produced by Kurt the Hurt. So please pardon the audio quality at first. It gets fixed at about the five-minute mark. Please enjoy the episode with B-Boy Donovan. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I replayed that. Well, that was a disaster. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Chaos in the Streets, Nothing Makes Sense, and the World is Falling Apart. Today, I have an amazing guest. He grew up in the mecca of hip-hop. Fairfield, California, <laughs> and has much experience dancing, rapping, DJing, event planning, and much more. I'm happy to introduce the king of government b-boy uh, names, uh, b-boy Donovan. What? What up, y'all? Why is it government? Because I just go by my first name. Government year. name. Yeah. Actually, right. it's your middle name. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is my middle name. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for the dope intro. I actually kind of wanted to hear the, uh, the ad again. Just <laughs> because I have like this um, super petty gripe about, I guess the gripe is pretty, but this gripe about, I don't know, like Lululemon pants. Oh yeah. Which are which are, which are cool. Is like, I like looking up. Yeah. Them. Like, I mean, girls are paying what anywhere from seventy to a hundred for some freaking pants with the Lululemon's uh, logo. Yeah. But it's uh not to be all superficial. One of the girls like kind of too skinny. Mm-hmm. And they don't hold up as nice, and the logo's <laughs> all saggy and shit. So, you know, yoga pants are a trip. But anyways, thanks for having me. Yup, yup, yup. Man, so we're living in some kind of crazy times, dude. Oh, definitely. It's like the COVID and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's been kind of crazy for me because I've been trying to push out more episodes uh-huh. on this and stuff. And so I'm really interested because, you know, me and you have started to, like, train a little bit mm-hmm. recently. Um, and I'm curious, like, how do you think COVID is affecting the hip-hop scene? Um, well, I think hip-hop's gonna keep on going, you know? And if, if you're talking about, uh, more so events with hip-hop, live events with hip-hop, I mean, for now, it's just gonna be what it's gonna be. Uh, you know, I just, I just seen a live stream yesterday. Yeah. You know, events are scaled down mm-hmm. to cater to social distancing and not having too many people and, you know, um, having a high risk of people catching COVID-19, but um, 
I think we're just gonna have to take what we can get for now. Yeah. I think eventually, I, I can't tell if it's gonna be months from now, a year or more than that. Uh, but I think eventually it'll get back to normal. Mm -hmm. Because as much as like people are trying to improvise and pivot, and some people are doing a damn good uh, job, like um, Dana White is, doesn't he? Oh yeah, and I'm sure he's phased, but he's yeah. someone I look at like, damn, he's making no excuses to keep just it moving. Going. Yeah, you know, I'm here like, damn, what do I do? This is so whack. He's I, just, you know what it was? Yeah. Uh, right when they were promoting the um, Tony Ferguson and uh, oh, Khabib yeah, fight, yeah. and uh, I forget who it was, but someone, one of the, uh, the the news reporters got up and said, are you worried about COVID-19? Uh -huh. And Dana White was like, no, it, like basically shutting the dude down. And yeah. then, like the next week, they had to cancel the uh, event and stuff. And I was like, oh man, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. And I feel like Dana White probably was like, dude, fuck this. We're going to make this happen. Yeah, it's, like yeah. a, it's like a vendetta now to like make it happen. So he's been. He's been hustling to make yeah, it happen. Yeah, that guy, you know. He's a hustler. He's dude. not he's, scared of nothing. He isn't. And no. he, he, he makes it happen. It's, yeah. I've always looked up to him in regards to being a promoter, I guess you could say. I hate calling myself that. But since I kind of am one, mm -hmm. I've always looked at Dana White like, I'm not a promoter. Dana White's a promoter. And now he's showing like, yo, I still make it happen. Yeah. You know, and most people would be like, well, yeah, he, uh, Fox owns UFC and there's millions of dollars that they have, um. At any time, but I mm -hmm. honestly feel like Dana White would do whatever the hell he wants, even if he was in my position, you know. So it's pretty cool um, that he's doing that. But going back to your question, um, so I think, you know, we're just going to have to take what we can get for now. Mm -hmm. We're all kind of looking forward to things normalizing, so to say. And once that happens, I think um, people are going to have to incorporate all the um the live um resources that we've been using and the the streaming and all that i think that'll be implemented more so with live events i know coachella was already doing a live stream a lot of the b-boy events uh excuse me breaking events that we go to or want to go do we watch the live stream but now i feel like things are going to get a lot more virtual but the actual live event catering to the masses um you know will still need to happen in regards to them both being super duper effective mm. but um you know I, i'm just kind of waiting waiting for that um you know if people are really itching to to compete or to do whatever you know there's platforms um through the internet through zoom mm -hmm. or whatever they're using you know they could go ahead and battle i'm sure i'm sure a lot of you know people in the music industry are finding different ways to either get heard or connect and build right Kashi now she's six yeah. nine <laughs> damn that fool's career is like blowing up from all oh this actually oh my gosh so bro. he figured it yeah, out I guess. I guess there's really no excuses <laughs> i didn't go to jail i didn't get caught snitching <laughs> you know i'm not trying to set up crazy fights and uh you know i have no excuse not not to stay busy um social distancing saved his career i think he'd probably be dead he'd probably be dead if it wasn't for True. all this you know what man, i mean I w yeah but and i think he's he's coming out with new songs and he's still having like some super crazy uh features on his tracks yeah i think he had Nicki minaj or yeah. someone like that yeah yeah man, but, yeah, yeah i mean he's he's making it happen he's a hustler too yeah I mean, <laughs> props to that guy for sure um definitely uh but yeah like hip-hop for me it's it's such a social thing oh, yeah. that, like, 
it inherently doesn't work with social distancing. You know what I mean? Like we grew, you know, battling is a Uh, thing. You can't do that with social distancing. I know people are trying over the internet with these like video battles. It feels like this is freaking, you know, 1999 back when they had the freaking yeah. what was that website where you post a picture and boy dot stupid pick there battles was, and stuff. Um, there was a whole bunch of them or not a whole a handful of them yeah yeah, yeah. bboy.org yeah uh so i don't know i like i'm what i'm worried about is that the social aspect of the dance which is like uh-huh. know, i, I want to say it's like 80 percent of what we do uh-huh. and it's i'm really curious how that's gonna get affected by it i mean I'm hoping that everything closes mm-hmm. down, but then I know that it's never going to be the same because there's still going to be people, you know, I mean, this has been a huge wake up call to people mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, this is an issue that can happen again. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, True. I'm really curious if that's actually gonna, you know, ha- how the scene could really mold itself to be, I guess, I guess more of a, a scene that accommodates for that but still have a social aspect yeah. of it. It, it it's such a weird it, you know i definitely me. i definitely get what you're saying especially with breaking i mean to be honest i, I feel like there's a lot of things that kind of are, are in the same boat mm-hmm. i mean kevin durant possibly uh tested positive right mm-hmm. donovan mitchell yeah um it's like they gotta play ball uh, right rudy gobert's yeah. the one who brought it in probably and I, I, you know, I don't, are they just not going to let them play? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, I guess, and stage four can't happen unless there's like proper treatment mm-hmm. and or a vaccine. I think a vaccine. So, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there. I mean, the industry, the industry that I'm involved with, uh, is all about live events, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone's just, <laughs> I don't know if they're praying for a vaccine or, yeah. Or, well, I feel like I see a lot of people trying to improvise, but I feel so bad because, you know, it's not the same. And then it gets, got shut down again because of rising numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, man, we, we, we should see. We shall see, you know. Um, it, it, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird to think, you know, if, you know, say like you threw your next event. Uh-huh. Let's say it's in, uh, let's say it's even in a year. Uh-huh. People come in, they're still, you know, coming off of this whole like COVID uh-huh. thing. Let's say we're already past stage four. Okay. Everything is completely opened up. Okay. I feel like still people will be a little bit skeptical to come to an event. Uh-huh. You know, there'd probably be a lot of people wearing masks and doing yeah. some stuff. Do you think that's going to affect the events? I think it will, yeah. But that just means you know it's up to whoever's throwing the event to step up their marketing ten mm. times, a hundred times more. So let's say you're the way you know you're used to marketing is good for five hundred to a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Post post COVID, that's those same methods will bring maybe half or less. So you're talking about two hundred people. Okay, to be back to just the five hundred thousand, I gotta freaking step it up five to ten times more. That's how that's um, how I look at it. I see. Um, I'm just trying to be positive with whatever the hell we're going through. Yeah. Uh, not not that I'm demeaning um, all the um, unfortunate things that have happened, the yeah. lives lost, the jobs lost, the money lost, mm-hmm. all that. But, um, you know, I think n- we all realize what we took for granted. Uh, mm-hmm. we, all, we all should kind of hone in and learn all these uh, virtual tools and all these other ways because eventually, again, things will get back to normal 
Mm. And I feel like there's going to be some people that were on the same bullshit, you know, prior to all, all the shutdowns. And they're go, and they're going to be those people that have been really learning, really trying to adapt or just add to when things get um, normal again. Mm. So, you know, just really trying to take the time. Uh, I should probably uh, speed it up a little bit or learn a little more in regards to uh, resources I can use. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think I think. COVID's going to teach uh, event promoters. I hate, I hate that word promoter. I keep saying it. Uh, <laughs> event organizers. Let's yeah. make it sound a little bit more professional to implement those kind of things. Mm. You know, so if you have a badass live event, now people are going to kind of expect you to be in that um, online space, yeah. you know, at the same time. Because, you know, I mean, I really wasn't too big on it with my events. I mean, Cross mm. did it. Um, IB, uh, so many people did it, which was cool, which is automatic. You're talking about like live streams? Yeah, live okay. streaming it. Yeah. Um, but now I feel like you kind of have to, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, even, even when things get back to normal, that, mm. that is going to be the new norm is to live stream your events. Mm. Uh-huh. So what I've been seeing a lot of recently is like, I, I think what they're doing is they're doing like a live, uh, it's like a, um, like a zoom battle or whatever, oh, so, yeah. which is kind of goofy, but it seems to me like what they're trying to do is then get it. Like they're doing their qualifiers uh-huh. that way. And then once they get their top group, they're going to try to maybe do an event with just them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's kind of similar to how UFC is doing it now. Yeah. And it's just like that they're just battling and then they'll live stream it. Do you think that that's probably a viable way? So to do it? they're, d- is, does, is each dancer in their own space? Or they're all in the same space together. I think it's, it's, I think, well, I actually don't know. This is what it seems like to uh-huh. me. Um, I, I, I've yet to talk to someone who's actually throwing one of these events, but it seems like what they're trying to do is in stages uh, do like a qualifier to get down to like a certain amount of dancers and then then they would do a regular battle in person oh, with just okay. them. I don't know if that's exactly what they're doing, but let's just say that was what uh-huh. they're doing. Do you think that that's a viable way to do it? I mean, that's kind of how the UFC is doing it. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the way I would want to compete. Yeah. But if that's one of the few things offered, I mean, you kind of got to take it, right? Uh-huh. I get it. There's some dancers that thrive off of the energy of the crowd. A lot of us do, just yeah. naturally. Um, but it's weird to not do yeah, it. I mean, you're, yeah. It feels like a practice at that uh-huh. point if you're just dancing and like there's no one there i mean that's that's the thing but if you love it you know and you're really doing it just because you love the dance i feel like you know it is what it is and you know the the top guys that could that could hone in and you know do it yeah you know we'll kill it shout out to moy moy's been uh doing a lot of work with the online battles yeah and still making it happen yeah yeah i think he's been putting together like a lot of um classes and stuff uh-huh. too yeah no, Cla- shout out to yeah yeah for real classes too but really just he, it doesn't seem like he's wasting time you oh, know yeah. i feel like he, he he's being a really good example on you know what there's no break free uh, in houston this year mm-hmm. but i'm still gonna have something for the community yeah for yeah. the culture yeah um and where was it what was i gonna uh i was gonna say something after that but yeah anyways just hopefully I feel like I kind of want to do something like that, but it seems like it's a little more tricky mm-hmm. than than I than I thought it would be because not everyone's gonna have some fire internet, you know. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it's like you have a live DJ. Like how, you know, you can't really expect them to be on beat if they're dancing to your G song. I'm assuming. Over the internet. Yeah. Like, is there a song pool they, they choose from? Yeah. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. I, I mean, or do you just let them play whatever music they want to yeah. play? Or you give them the mix <laughs> or something? I don't know. It's, it's weird. They're going to be like, what the hell is he breaking to? Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's. And this is and these uh, these are the this is the reason why it's like a problem for me is that because again we're like it's such a social thing mm-hmm. that when you cut out the socialness of it you get into mm-hmm. these really weird situations uh-huh. that I don't think any of us have even thought about and it, it, it yeah. kind of breaks it breaks down hip hop to its core Ooh, almost you know it does but you know it kind of breaks down humanity to its core it does because it, we yeah. are social beings i get it i could be a super duper introvert you mm-hmm. know i definitely love being alone but you know people are starving for um social interaction mm-hmm. you know shoot i was at it happened like twice this week and i was at ralph's and then I was at uh, Stater Bros, and I just said hi to a couple people, and they were trying to get into some, like, conversation, conversation. Oh, yeah. Like, kind of, like, more so than the, yeah. how you doing? Great. Oh, yeah, like, telling me how the process of cooking his steak and shit, or his roast. Uh-huh. I'm like, dude, that sounds like a three-hour process. Like, you got, yeah. you, you got a lot of time in your hands to do that, and you got a lot of time in your hands because you're trying to break down the whole damn process to me. Yeah. But um, I was telling my partner, Peter, um, from Feel Good Collective, we were talking about these online battles. Uh, if it keeps going this direction, I feel like we're going to see a lot of new talent we haven't seen mm. um, for a few reasons because they don't need the plane ticket anymore to mm. go to a jam. Mm. That's interesting. And just imagine, right? You've got this B-boy that just his talent level is so high. And it's like this in sports. It's like this in different arts and different and even different dances. A guy that just he his skill level so high, or he's so good in sparring. Uh, just when it comes to those uh, performing under the lights, they're just not they don't perform as well. Yeah. So now, what if you got this dude or this girl in the comfort of the studio, garage, or whatever yeah. they practice at every day, they train at every day. Mm-hmm. Should maybe even have some padding under the floor, some some uh, puzzle mat. Under the linoleum or even softer. Then you got your friends, like his close homies that think yeah. he or she is the best dancer in the world, hyping them up. And they're in their comfort zone. You, We might get some talent we, we don't even know just about. Just kind of come out yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling that we're going to see some some dudes just out of like, I don't know, India or uh-huh. some random country that we haven't really seen competing at the high level uh-huh. before. But now that... I guess the spotlight has to be put onto the online community uh-huh. and that th- they've already been in that online community, f- you know, for a long time because they don't, they mm-hmm. never really had mm-hmm. native B-boys in their, true, in their country. True. So it's like, they've always been getting everything from online and now they, ha- it's like a home game for them now. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, mm-hmm. let's throw our shit out there. Yeah. And maybe people are seeing it now and you might see, <laughs> I don't know, like some superstar online b-boys, maybe. No, I really, I really think it might be like that. You yeah. know, uh, again, I'm really trying to be optimistic. I think everyone's like, everyone's trying to be optimistic about this whole thing because yeah. it's so uncertain. Uh, but for the, you know, but sometimes I, I get caught up in like, damn, I really, I really don't know what's gonna happen. You know, yeah. and just try to embrace uncertainty. I guess you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, and make the most of it. 
yeah. because I don't know, man. Uh, but anyways, with online stuff, shit, people need to get get their decks uh, ready and um, all their pitches to sponsors ready mm-hmm. because I feel like, um, you know, whether it's an online battle or it's sports or more, maybe you're more on the broadcasting end, mm-hmm. um, sports are still going to happen. People are going to watch. I mean, I get it. There's no live gate. You know, those ticket sales are, are, are very crucial to mm-hmm. profit. But since there are going to be more views, you know, God willing, the sponsorship could balance out the ticket sales. If not, help out a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Hmm. So I guess, you know, you as, I guess, an event promoter or whatever you would <laughs> like to be called. I, a coordinator. Coordinator. Specialist. Hustler. Yeah. hustler. As long as I've known you, you've been like this kind of hustler, entrepreneur type of person. Uh-huh. Um, if you are in the situation right now and uh-huh. going to do an event, like say say you had a big sponsor already lined up okay. and they're like, you got to make this event yeah. happen. What would you do? What would be your game plan? Um, game plan. So it's okay. Like it, it, for instance, the, the sponsor said I could do it online. They said you can do it online. Um, they have, you know, they're giving you the full support, whatever. What would be your first thing to do, I guess, to get that event off the ground? I mean, I mean, I'm just imagining if some, if somebody who's listening right now wants to throw an event, mm -hmm. you know, you with the long history of experience Mm -hmm. throwing events, what would be your thought process to to actually start getting into this, I guess, new realm? Uh, I guess it all depends what kind of event, you know. I, I mean, I'll, I'll just keep it simple. So if it's breaking, mm-hmm. you know, reaching out um, to the people in my circle that, you know, are very, very um, vital and very important to the scene, getting mm-hmm. them involved. But obviously I have to go through that because I know there's some people that probably do not wouldn't want to do it. You know, either they're getting older or, you know, their parents are getting older. They're just around people where I can't even take that risk. So, you know, getting uh, everyone involved. If if I'm talking about something more musical, Mm. booking the talent, you know, just making sure everyone's down to, um, you know, be a part of it. I guess this is just me saying if we were to have an event with a small group all together and then live stream it. Mm-hmm. If everyone is individually kind of zooming or FaceTiming, that might be a little different. But I would honestly um, really invest in the marketing. I'm like obviously big in marketing. Okay. Because marketing is kind of everything, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. And obviously production, you know, really, really get keen on the production and, you know, every, everything else. uh should fall into place. I, I, I know it's very vague, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's all we can do, right? Just try to focus on how we're going to get a bigger reach, mm. um, that we have quality talent, and that the production's on point. Yeah. Because we, I, I feel like now DJs and now a lot of people that started live streaming are getting the hang of it. You know, mm. no disrespect to the people that were doing the uh, versus uh, battles, and I'm not disrespecting that company. Just like there were some battles where it was like, damn, uh, the OG ain't really up on these damn. Um, uh, Which ones were those? There was Babyface versus Teddy Riley. Oh, okay. Um, there was Primo versus RZA. Uh-huh. There was, uh, I think uh, T-Pain and Little John kind of just did it on, on off the strength. Like, 
together unless it was coordinated i'm not sure but it okay. was stuff like that which was pretty dope like they yeah. had some dope ass battles you know yeah um but i think now people are like okay we got to keep it either keep it simple or if we're gonna kind of be a little more intricate with our production really 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 be on it yeah you okay. know yeah um, like make sure you have a good product and then uh, get it out there and uh, market it online is that's kind of what yeah you're i mean i feel like the focus of having worrying about your door person your security um the venue the parking and all these other logistics aren't there mm -hmm. so those efforts definitely should go to make sure that the event runs good on time the production is good um the marketing the promotion everything is uh, on point you mm -hmm. know i've yet to i've yet to even like entertain that idea there's a you know uh with the feel good collective we've done some live streams but nothing um as in like a live stream show or a battle we we, we actually were talking about that recently mm -hmm. if we might do it but um yeah th that's pretty much what i do um mm. marketing and production yeah um so you mentioned feel good inc which is your company right uh, feel good collective yeah and that's basically like your event uh -huh. promotion yeah we do uh, we do events uh, we do marketing we we have a collective of different artists. We have DJs, photographers, oh, videographers. Okay. So it's like a we do yeah. So our our bread and butter, um, our events is events. Excuse me, but we're kind of like a mini agency, I guess you could say. We don't mm. really like it's like a nonverbal agreement. We have all the resources to market. You know, what I'm saying the artistic things we do. Okay. And um, yeah, we just kind of we kind of build off that. We we have. Um, a clothing line called Feel Good Supply. Yeah. Um, we we're yet to put out the new line. Most of the stuff has been uh, is sold out already. Okay. But um, yeah. Um, Do you guys have like a website? Uh, the website is under construction right now, okay. but you can still check out the clothing at feelgood.supply. Um, okay. The website, the feelgoodcollective.com, should be up soon. Um, you can check us out on SoundCloud. We're we're still putting up weekly mixes. You know for okay. For people to at least get that feel good vibe, you know, at their at their yeah. parties or yeah. freaking their Zoom parties or whatever they're doing. And are you making the mixes or you got like I a got we got DJs? a whole bunch of dope, talented DJs. Okay. I mean, I've, it's very important to me and my partner with Feel Good Collective, Peter, just kind of be surrounded by um, creative individuals. I know the word mm -hmm. creative. I know the word entrepreneur. Everything gets thrown, thrown around so crazily nowadays. Yeah. But I feel like it's very um, helpful, especially for me, because I, I, I get to stay stay on point and get put on game with what's happening, whether it's on social media, whether it's entertainment, music, mm. and all that. So we're, we're just really, um, you know, a, a collective of creatives that just make shit happen. Yeah, fun, no, I, fun, cool shit happens. That's that's yeah. dope, though. I mean, because it's kind of like it's a group of just mm -hmm. probably like-minded individuals uh -huh. that you guys have a new project or whatever. And you're like, let's all yeah. put our brains uh -huh. together and make that happen. I mean, I think that's really tight because, uh -huh. uh, in my perspective, I feel like when people use their creativity, they can really push uh -huh. through bounds yeah um to make something happen so you as like an entrepreneur mm -hmm. i feel like you know you constantly have to use this kind of creative mentality mm -hmm. that you've grown up you know developing mm -hmm. through through all the arts you do dancing mm -hmm. music mm -hmm. um 
to, to become a better entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably why you're so, so good at it. Mm-hmm. Would you, would you agree with that or no, no, no. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, I, I've had, um, a team, I had another company when I lived in the Bay. It was just some small time stuff, but it was a lot of fun called plus time vibes. Like I, yeah, I, I, I had a team, I kind of had a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were times I didn't have a team, mm. You know, I think, again, a lot of people are okay just running things by themselves, but the team makes a big damn difference. You know, when you have a team, uh, work could be delegated, more ideas could be freaking ideas and resources, and shoot, you could even be enlightened, you know, just like, Mm. oh shit, maybe I was doing that wrong, you know, thanks to a team member. But um, yeah, everything kind of, it's still coming together. The, it's not a full circle yet, but I could see how everything has came together yeah. throughout these years of hustling and putting on events, trying mm-hmm. to maintain as an artist and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, I think I think what's cool about with teams is that you're pulling in everybody's little idea that uh-huh. maybe they think is shit, but mm-hmm. let me just throw it out there yeah. and then. The, uh, you know, everybody's little shit idea kind of comes together to become like an <laughs> Real actually shit. that's how it really be not not such a bad idea. And then you kind of you're all like thinking on the same mm-hmm. wavelength to mm-hmm. get to like an actually good yeah. idea. And I think that's probably why it's so good. No, to work it's in amazing. A team. It's yeah. amazing. Like I am so freaking blessed to, to have the team that I have. Um, mm-hmm. to have the leaders that I have in the team. I mean, sometimes we'll have meeting meetings. And shit, sometimes I'll put out some stupid ideas, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes someone else will have a fire idea. Sometimes I will. Some people, sometimes people just have some ideas where we're all just kind of like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> we're, just, we're just like acting like, oh, okay. <laughs> we appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea. But, um, you know, like you said, sometimes it's just like, there it is. You know, like yeah. you have to get those ideas out. Some are going to work. Some aren't. You know, um, but yeah, you de- having a team is great. We've been uh, we've been a l- little quiet, obviously, due to mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody has. Yeah, everyone's been a little quiet, but all I could um, and I respect it. You know, I totally understand, even myself. You know, um, I'm just hoping after all this is done, everyone's kind of been working, whether it's on their own craft or just on themselves. Everyone mm-hmm. has just been working on themselves. So that we're all just stronger individually. Mm. So when when we are the collective that we are, you know, we just we just merc shit. Tight. Um, and what else was I gonna say after that? Do you, do you think that the way your team kind of works together is similar to like a breaking crew or like a rap crew? A little bit, but with uh, depends what breaking crew and what rap crew you're talking about, right? So. What I really, really encourage um, with everyone um, from the Feel Good Collective, that everybody got to focus on them damn selves, you know, on their art, on their crafts, on whatever hustles they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, be solid with your with your own foundation. Mm -hmm. You know, when we come together, it's like a it's like a commission table, so to say. It's uh, it's like Voltron. Yeah, yeah. I hate to show my age. Yeah, it's like Power Rangers. uh, You know. (laughs) Yeah, but. Um. Captain Planet. Love <laughs> <laughs> budget ass Captain Planet. <laughs> Captain Planet was I had that game on Nintendo. That was like one of the jankiest games, but I love the cartoon, so it was yep. cool. <laughs> Anyways, I, I feel like um 
the Warriors, right? We're we're like the Power Rangers. Uh, oh. So so would you would you agree with me on this? And this is very subjective. If the Warriors are the Power Rangers, mm. at least we're talking about two like three years back, three seasons back. Uh huh. Would Kevin Durant be the Green Ranger? To where it's just like <laughs> y'all don't really need me, but I'm here. And uh, I, I got my own fucking Zord. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, he kind of would be, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, at first he was the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. when he, they're like, oh, fuck that dude. And then when they're like, oh, actually, I'm not the bad guy yeah. anymore. Let me join. And they're like, oh, hell yeah. Now we're going to really fuck these uh, oh, freaking man. putties up. Oh, the putties. Man. Yeah, dude. No, I would stuff. agree with that. Yeah, he was the Kinda, Green Ranger. I mean, I'm, the not, I'm not trying to discredit Steph. Maybe Steph could be the freaking Green Ranger or the White Ranger. But I was just saying it was kind of like, you know, he had they his had own. a fire-ass yeah. team without uh-huh. him. And uh-huh. then. They bring him in, uh-huh. and it's like, oh, we're just, that's icing on the cake. We're just going <laughs> to blow everybody up even yeah. more. So, and yeah, no, he was the Green Ranger for sure. <laughs> that's tight. Yeah. Yeah, and, but going back to um, Feel Good Collective, man, I just, yeah, I love it because we're all individuals interested in either the same thing or really freaking different things. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, that, and I look at it more so as a, uh, you know, as what was the word I'm looking for? Anyways, well, we can get back to that, man. But I'm very thankful for them. And, you know, that circle keeps me uh, very, very charged up. Mm. You know, there have been times, you know, even, you know, before before COVID was just like I'm tired from these these other projects that I'm working on, these other mm. jobs from from training, from other things. And, you know, when I see them, they give me energy. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, they're very uh, they're a very big um, source of inspiration for me. Just like, mm. you know, it's different having a team, you know, the energy. It's, a, uh, it's support. Yeah, it's support. Um, yeah. Things are reciprocated and you just, you know, it's hard to explain it. You can't even quantify it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, well, you guys are better. The, the sum yeah. of your parts makes mm-hmm. you guys even better, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no, I, I think that yeah. that is one of the most important things about a team is that you got all these brilliant people coming uh-huh. together and you make something even more brilliant uh-huh. From the sum of all no, nah, definitely, yeah. definitely, oh, just yeah. like just like a b boy crew, just know? like a b boy crew, yeah, or a rap crew, or, you know, yeah. all that stuff. I mean, DJ crew, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Feel Good Collective, yep. Shout Yay. out. So, um, what actually got you into like, I guess, being an entrepreneur? I mean, like as long as I've known you, you've been like that. I mean, and you were in Fairfield, I think, when I first met you, uh-huh. which. Despite what I said in the beginning, it's not quite the mecca of hip hop. Yeah, it's kind of just what a cow town. You no, know. that's Vacaville. Vacaville's Vacaville cow is the cow town. Vaca, yeah. This yeah. is next to the. <laughs> the, the cow we are town. the second last city of the Bay Area, right? So I think Vacaville is the last city that's uh-huh. considered Bay Area. So it goes Vallejo, Fairfield, Vacaville. The Bay doesn't actually touch that, though, does it? Uh, I mean, I guess it touches Vallejo, right? Doesn't really touch Fairfield. I don't know. Does it touch Cordelia? No, Green Valley, Cordelia. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Actually, I mean, I guess I don't really understand what is the Bay Area. Uh, Actually, because some people will even say Sacramento is the Bay Area. I'm like, I don't think so. It's it's in a valley and it doesn't touch a bay. There's like, (laughs) and people from the city won't even consider like anything really outside of. You know, San Francisco mm-hmm. or this um, Oakland, you know, Daly City. San they don't yeah. consider anything outside of, you know, the Bay Bridge, San Mateo Bridge and um, 
the Golden Gate Bridge to be even the Bay Area. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it is what it is. I mean, he's yeah. still seven all seven all day. I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Fairfield. Uh, yeah, that's home, man. I miss it. I miss it. I need to go back. Uh huh. Uh, but how I got into like uh, events, but I mean, just being like just hustling was just always something that I think a lot of people do as a kid. Mm. You know, like for instance, uh, I remember going to the spot it was in uh, pinole or hercules okay it was called ichiban okay uh and they would have all the dragon ball z uh they had you know, man I, I hate to be you know ranma one half you remember that what was it ranma one half that, that anime sounds familiar. yeah yeah damn huh. and you're like uh, i'm old but not that old uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know ninja scroll uh, yeah. Okay, you know, I'm just yeah, go yeah. cool. They had Sailor Moon stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Vallejo Baseball in Springstown had it too. But anyways, so it wasn't like a typical comic store, right? It's more anime focused. Uh -huh. So I would just, um, you know, when we go visit family around that area, I'd be like, hey, mom, can we stop by there? I'd mm. buy shit I like, shit I know my neighbors will like. And then I would oh. just, you know what I'm saying? I would just double, triple the price, you know? Sell it off. Yeah, sell it off. Like, you, you know what, uh, Patrick, you may not eat lunch for a week, but this Dragon Ball scroll is so fire. <laughs> you, know, you don't really need to eat lunch for a week, you know? Damn. So, you know, as a little kid, I was always hustling mm. and stuff like that. But I got into events because of uh, my first jam. I don't even want to say my or I, but uh, my first breaking crew, NSB Nonstop B-Boys, we mm -hmm. threw Unbreakable. Yeah. Unbreakable one. Shout out to Unbreakable in Belgium. Um, but it's totally different, right? We had Unbreakable March of 2002 in Fairfield, California. Yeah. So how that came about really was uh, I was driving. I, I had seen a dance rehearsal there or a dance recital there at this church. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I wonder if you could throw a, a breaking comb. I wonder if you could throw a jam here. Mm. And then I don't know if you remember Spunk. This dude. Yeah, I remember. And, oh, okay, dope, man. Not a lot of people know him, but uh, Spunk, we were, we were in my cars driving. I was like, I was 17. He must have been 15. Mm. You know, probably driving to practice. And I was like, hey, man, you should, should we try to throw this jam? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, so I hit up the rest of the crew. Everyone was on board. This church randomly let me sign the contract i was 17 i'm not even like legally liable <laughs> for if yeah, like something yeah. were to happen they gave me the keys i paid 200 for rent uh-huh and 550 almost 600 people come into this like uh yeah. methodist church in fairfield mm. thank god the talent level is high because uh, my resources were small yeah. um you know everything was ran very very uh I don't want to say janky, but let's just say it was my first event. But yeah. that's the one Kareem, EJ, and Iron Monkey won. Okay. What year was that? 2002. Okay. Yeah. Was I there? I might have been there. Uh, Ajax Battle Drift. Mm. Um, there was a, what other? Was there another exhibition? But yeah, man. So uh, got into more breaking events. Mm. Somehow I would just always take the lead on them. Mm. And then I ventured off to... Um, events um nightlife events uh corporate events mm. winning and making some decent dough as a kid losing you know yeah. i remember my first loss being 18 and like oh no i freaking lost uh you yeah. know 800 as a as a 18 year old kid you thought it was a lot you know yeah, and yeah. just kind of was like okay these are solid these are hit or miss this is more miss this is um you know um 
I got events of all kinds, car shows, uh, mm. uh, nonprofit events, uh, weddings, um, a lot of nightlife stuff because nightlife was pretty consistent. Oh yeah, and that that kind of uh, that that's really how a lot of my uh, ventures and a lot of my endeavors started was because I started throwing breaking events, you know, yeah. and kind of taught myself other things from that. Mm. You know, like okay, this worked for breaking. Let me try it in this realm, but I'm it's still in the in regards to line, uh, still in the line of ev- uh, the event industry. Let me try this. Let me try that. And then you know, I mean, you meet different people, you you get new ideas, you get new passions, and mm. you know, it's uh, I I feel like I'm just onto something new, and COVID has also uh, been a blessing. For me to kind of have some downtime and figure out what I really, really like or love and what I want to do. Because before COVID, man, I was, my head was literally all over the place. It's like, mm. we're doing events once or twice a week. Um, I have my own gigs. Like, I might have a wedding that weekend. I have my mm. own club bookings that I'm doing personally. Okay. I'm still practicing. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I still got other projects I want to monetize off of. I got passion projects and i'm socially i'm trying to still be you know whoever donovan is to them Uh, um i was just very very stretched thin yeah you know and covid uh really taught me what i miss and probably took for granted and what actually mm. I probably don't mind not going back to even if things do go normal again. Mm. So it kind of reframed like. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, your, yeah your I'm goals. actually yeah, I'm really excited for these next few months, man. God, God willing, uh, something comes out of, you know, fruition um, with everything. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So can you mention any of those projects or are they kind of um, undercover? Nah, it's not really. I'm not really the type to be like, yeah, I can't really. You know, I hate when people. Yeah, like the especially hype, okay, the yeah. hype man before it's actually uh, anything you know what to be I hyped. Hate? I mean, the funny thing is, I'm gonna be a hypocrite and probably not tell you everything, but um, so I hate when you're super close to somebody, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh yeah, what you been working on? Yeah, this one thing, man, I really can't say because I'm like, motherfucker, I've known you for hella long. You swear, like I'm gonna <laughs> tell somebody how disrespectful, but yeah, yeah, you know, just music. Um, working on a few yeah, music okay. projects as a as a um, as an MC, as a DJ. Mm-hmm. I'm working with other a uh, couple other producer homies, um, and and um, you know, some lines and brands that are um, some lines and brands that have to do with other interests. I know you, a lot of people see me in like hip hop or um you know nightlife they see me in that light but you know i'm working on a few projects that's like showcasing my other interest mm. um that people aren't used to seeing me oh okay uh-huh. yeah so that's stuff dope. like that man yeah, stuff like no, that's, that that's yeah dope. no it seems like you're always like busy and trying to work on the next thing and kind of like lining stuff up yeah, yeah i mean it's important it's you know the beginning of covid i probably wasn't busy i was just living in my head stressed the fuck out to be quite honest yeah a lot of you people know, probably uh, were, yeah a lot of it's, people it's, were and yeah. you know i mean but pushing through you know pushing through that i think is probably uh, something that a lot of people have trouble uh-huh. with it but you as like this entrepreneur uh-huh. it's probably helped you a lot because you've uh-huh. always been like at least for what i see when i look at entrepreneurs it seems like they're always kind of like playing chess in a way where they are moving Uh like steps ahead in their mind before they actually are doing that. So then when, you know, they, when, when, you know, their opponent takes 
a, a move that they uh, weren't expecting right, you can actually quickly reframe yeah. what's going on. And, and that's essentially what COVID probably did to you. Is I mean, yeah, but it took a while. You know, just to be sure. completely honest. Sure. Like, I would say the first four to six weeks, I was in a pretty dark place. Oh, yeah. I mean, luckily, I already started. I already had started uh, going to therapy once a week back mm. in February. Okay. You know, and... So I'm going to therapy, then um, the shutdowns happen, quarantine happens, uh, lockdowns, all that. And, you know, my therapist reiterated, like, you're not the only person feeling uncertain right now, Mm -hmm. you know? And he's like, a lot of people are going to be stressed, not do nothing about it, but they're going to be those people that are not saying they're not going to get phased, but they're going to use that energy to be productive, Mm -hmm. to be... um, to make something of themselves or make some do more yeah. than what's expected during these times. You know, there's some people it's like, okay, I get where I'm at, but there are some people that already had less than what I, um, or what well, we're, we're experiencing through COVID here in California, United States. Some people are like, man, I, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be in California on lockdown. You know, mm. I'm, you know, I wasn't, I don't have the resources. I don't have the, um, income. I don't have the family. I don't, like a lot of people have less than what we're feeling right now. And, you know, I, I was kind of like my ego was telling me, don't come out of this. You know what I'm saying? Not not in better form than some of these other. Because there are some people, man, that are working right now. There are some people, yeah. whether it's physical, whether it's, you know, hustling, whether it's starting a new business or making music, whatever. There are going to be some people out of this that are actually just going to be, you know, flexing and have a lot to show for this uh quote-unquote downtime yeah, yeah you know so my therapist kind of preached that and he said okay you don't know what to do just do something he's like in a sense have productive distractions mm. you know because it's like stop worrying about this contract to go through if you did your best you know it is it's gonna be what it's gonna yeah, be it's in the world you uh-huh. can't do much about yeah that. you can't do much like the word you know he was always saying like the worst thing you could do is nothing Mm. You know, and sit. So whether it's me working on a passion project, me writing some rhymes, thinking of some breaking moves, cleaning the house, if it's me organizing something, um, not to say I use those as reasons to not do the stuff I really, really need to do that make Mm. me fulfilled, but it's still better to do something rather than just dwell on this craziness that we're in right now. Uh, no, you know, right when this happened, uh-huh. well, so for the, this podcast, I'd been recording episodes since I want to say October or maybe even September of mm-hmm. last year, 2019. I was just stacking shows uh-huh. up <laughs> and shit. And I, I was always like, oh, I'm going to release them. Yeah. I'm going to release them. But I was like, fuck that. I want to do whatever the uh-huh. else. And then right when this lockdown happened, I was kind of like, man, dude, this freaking sucks. <laughs> oh, and then yeah. something clicked in my mind that was like, dude, uh-huh. you got all this work to do yeah. to get this show that you've always yeah, wanted to get off. Yeah. The, and so that was when I I changed, I kind of changed my perspective mm-hmm. and instead of like feeling bad for myself. Yep. I was like, let me just start putting in the work to like uh-huh. get this shit off, you know, kicked off. And so then that mm-hmm. it's, I feel like it almost wouldn't have happened if I didn't, if, if the COVID shit yeah, didn't happen, man. you know what I mean? Which, so it's kind of a blessing in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's shitty blessing, it's, but yeah, it, it, definitely. I was able to like, at least like use uh-huh. some, some kind of positivity from it. No, no that's important. Yeah. I feel like, okay, we're alive. Um, yeah. You know, we're alive. 
I do know some people whose family members, you know, unfortunately passed from it. Mm. Um, but, you know, though we're affected, we're still here. Mm-hmm. And if we're still here, what is the good that's yeah. in front of us due to it? And, you know, I think, um, you know, that downtime is important. I mean, to be quite honest, uh, shoot, if I'm done with the gig, sometimes I'm coming home at like three in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's like I, I have relationships with these venues. So I'm obviously getting free drinks. Yeah. Um, fuck, fuck around and get a midnight snack if there's a taco truck outside the <laughs> yeah. gig, you know, and it's yeah. just it's so weird because. After I snapped out of that dark place, I prob- I honestly haven't felt this healthy um, physically and mentally yeah, in a yeah. long freaking time. Mm, you know, I could look myself in the mirror um, a lot more and kind of, you know, break down what I see. My sleep's a little better, though I got some bags under my eyes, but, yeah, you know, too. sleep <laughs> could be a little better, but, you know, sleep's, sleep's better. Um, not having them late-ass meals all the time. Yeah. Uh, stress levels aren't as high because man there's a a lot of stress and anxiety that not all the time but once in a while could come up you know in the Mm -hmm. industry that i'm in you know some people deal with it way better than me yeah but um yeah yeah a few people were like man i think you kind of manifested this this downtime because i used to say like man i kind of want to fall back a little bit i kind of want to maybe focus on some other things not that i don't miss the there's certain events that i I do with the feel good collective and then also um i do for certain clients that i do miss but there's a lot of stuff i was just doing for consistent dough you know or doing uh more so just for the check and you know um it it, it was really tiring and then like i like i said earlier trying to keep up with training you know Mm -hmm. um those just having such a busy kind oh, of thing man, and a busy yeah. mind will definitely like elevate your stress. Uh, yeah. So you got to have good management of that. Oh and, yeah. I wish I, uh, yeah, man. having kind of like, I guess a stoic attitude towards it is, is uh-huh. I think important because it's like, if you're working your hardest to make something happen mm-hmm. and you're putting it out in the world, um, you know, I guess what a stoic would say is like, yeah, it's yeah. out in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any control over it uh-huh. at this point, but you, you put your hardest effort into it, like, and be happy, happy that you were able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh, I think that's a good way to like really. Very. And you know, as, as artists, I feel like we're so, I don't want to say in, uh, institutionalized, but in a sense, we're, we're so stuck on the way we process our thoughts, uh-huh. you know, cause maybe the, the, those thought processes excuse me, made you the great artist you were mm-hmm. or you are, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe on certain day-to-day activities, that mindset is not the healthiest, you know? Yeah. And just learning to compartmentalize my thoughts. I know super basic stuff, but usually it does go back down to the, I mean, it, it, if you look at the, the way you're feeling, if it's uneasy, it really goes back to some very, very, uh, simple thoughts and, um, or whatnot. But yeah, man, just, just trying to freaking uh, organize my thoughts, organize my life a lot mm-hmm. better, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah. Anyways, that's that. I'm, I'm getting tired thinking about my old life. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm not getting tired. But uh, You were mentioning um, therapy. Uh-huh. Um, I actually had someone on. Do you know you know Peter Din? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so he's, he's, a, he's like a 
family therapist. So I had him oh, on sick. Um, before. And so he was talking to me a lot about like how therapy, how he uses like therapeutic exercises uh-huh. to kind of, um, I don't know, boost his like creative men- mentality and, and I don't know, kind of just run his life a little bit better. Do you think, I mean, you were saying that therapy's helped you a lot. It's do amazing, you, man. Do you, yeah. Do you think that it, because the way he was talking to me, it seems like it kind of just like aligns your life in a it way. It really that, does, man. I think, I honest, Peter, right? The one that always has like a new stretch freaking <laughs> gadget, yeah. like every practice. Yeah. He has a band. He'll have like, yeah. does he still have dreads? Yeah, he's got dreads. Yeah. Okay. The air flare guy, right? You ain't yep. seen him forever, but he'll do an air flare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, therapy, I think is super important. Uh-huh. I, I mean, me personally, I go every week. I feel like it's helped me so much. I could probably go a little less. I could probably go like every other week, but I still go okay. every week. Um, I know some people that go once a month, but the reason I really wanted to go is because I kind of was looking at my expenses and I was like, okay, I'm paying 40 for my 24 hour super sport. Mm-hmm. I'm paying a hundred for my boxing gym. Mm-hmm. I'm paying 16 or 60 bucks a month for the class pass. Okay. I don't know if you know what a class pass is. Classes be full as hell anyway. So I'm paying $200 just to um be I, i'm not fit but just for my physical fitness i yeah. guess you could say right i'm spending 200 bucks that's not even counting what the hell if i you know I'm, my food whether whether it's healthy or unhealthy I'm spending 200 dollars just on gym memberships mm-hmm. uh, i'm reading a book I try to read a book once a month or whatnot but still what yeah. what investments am i really making on my brain on when my like mind yeah too, which yeah. is like super duper important yeah and um it's been it's been awesome yeah it's it's been freaking great and i feel like we all should um you know see a therapist if not frequently once in a while you know i know it's super duper taboo yeah um to talk about that um but man but it really shouldn't be yeah it shouldn't be because it's kind of like a checkup uh it's like a doctor's checkup but for your for your brain, I uh-huh. guess, is maybe that's how people have described it to me. Oh, man, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's your freaking brain. It's your well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God there's been so many advocates for mental health, you yeah. know, putting it out there the last, you know, five, six years. Shout out to Paulski. Paulski was actually one that preached it to me the most. Mm. And through that, from my crew, from Rock Force crew, pushing mental health it was kind of like was a wake-up call like yeah bro your mental health might need some working out you Mm. know because um you know i I noticed i was getting a lot of anxiety yeah and um from from everything that i'm juggling again yeah if i if i compartmentalize my brain a little better maybe not but you know as a kid uh, excuse me not a kid but you know as when I'm like 18, 19, 20, actually maybe even up to my late 20s, I was so used to this, the anxiety, the stress, mm. doing a million things. Now that I'm getting older, it's kind of affecting me different. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm still thriving. I still look good. But now that, <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm getting seasoned, I'm just kidding. You know, it's affecting, affecting me differently yeah. to where it's almost, it was almost taking a toll. Okay. So that's where I was like, okay, um, time to go to therapy. Uh-huh. Uh, thank God I got insurance and mm-hmm. yeah, we good, man. But I think, it, I think it's important, man. Yeah. And no, you know, I, from everything I've heard, it's something uh-huh. that I should really be doing too. I mean, even if someone that's super duper positive and maybe someone that's, 
a million times more mentally uh, stronger than me. You know, maybe maybe go just a few times a year. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's your it's your freaking brain. Yeah, P- Peter definitely was like a good. He was like a wake up call to me to like uh-huh. c- kind of convince me that this is it's shouldn't be as taboo as it really uh-huh. as it, it has been, and because it's just it's it's something that um like it, it makes you more powerful in a way. Oh, you know definitely. what I mean? Because so. uh, it, it helps you kind of just take a step back and realize your thought process, realize why you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's kind of really important for people like us, you know, that are trying to balance breaking that we love mm-hmm. having stable income, you know, uh, having a significant other. And then it's like, we're wearing so many different hats every yeah, freaking yeah. day. You know, it's like, okay, I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm a business partner. I'm a team leader. Mm-hmm. I'm an employee. I'm a project manager. I'm a crew member. Mm-hmm. I'm a, oh man, and, you know it, it could get tiring. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I think it's really important. I think um, I think yeah, people should definitely uh, reach out, especially during these times, man. It's crazy times. So yeah, anxiety uh-huh. levels are probably Woo! at their highest. Probably yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you, so do you think therapy has helped you be be more creative? Uh, I think it has, to be quite honest. Okay. Because now I'm using the, my, my energy on, you know, building off of ideas as opposed to stressing over shit I can't yeah, even freaking, right. I have no control over anyway. Again, uh-huh. it sounds super duper simple. And some people are like, oh, you know, I hear people, someone, someone told me, man, why am I going to go therapy and talk to someone I don't even know about my problems? You know, and I'm like, uh, I mean, I get you. It's that's kind of funny, but I kind of get you. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like, well, who are you going to talk to? Your homie? That's just going to be a yes yeah. man in your damn yeah. living room. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you you've spent, you know, uh, hours, days, weeks, months, you know, venting to your your parents and your friends and your family members. Yeah. That are probably just going to act like they agree with you. Maybe, maybe just try yeah. to get another opinion. You getting know? out of your bubble. <laughs> yeah. Getting in a, a perspective out of your bubble, uh-huh. especially a knowledgeable perspective, mm-hmm. is super helpful. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. Definitely is. Business, artistically. Yeah. You know, no, no, everything. So, something that Peter was mentioning to me was like, if you think about your mental ca- capability, it's somewhat finite. Um, you know, you can't you don't have just like an unlimited Ooh, yeah, like decision man. making uh-huh. um and so at a certain point when you stretch it too far you're just making bad decisions right uh-huh. um and so if you think of it as like a currency and every day you're spending that currency on a decision uh-huh. or or just some mental activity um you want to be spending it on the stuff uh-huh. that that it's is true, important man. to you so unfortunately though stress and stuff like that you're you're spending that currency on that and so just framing it that way it's it's i I mean it's like a it it should be a wake-up call to everyone to realize Mm. like you know i need i i should really pay more attention to these things that i actually Mm. care about yeah and have more of a stoic attitude about the things that i don't want don't want to worry about like you know, just unnecessary stress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. You know, I've had jobs that are a little more labor intensive or excuse me, like, yeah, it's uh, a lot more physical work uh, involved. 
you know, mm -hmm. and I could still go mm -hmm. to practice. I could still do all that just fine. Yeah. You know, but some of the jobs I've had where it's very um, sales oriented and mm -hmm. I'm talking to people, I'm trying to hack people's brains, trying to get them buy this product or this service that my company's offering. I noticed like trying to train after that, mm. doing a hundred times less of physical work, but using, you know, all that mental energy I was putting in sales actually made me more tired of practice, mm. you know, than me doing something. Yeah. That is a, a lot more physical. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been noticing that a lot more lately. Like, you know, I actually took a step back from teaching a few years ago. I used to teach a lot when I first moved to Orange County. Okay. Um, I just, you know, I mean, there's still, I, I, I teach a couple people individually, but, you know, God bless the teachers. God bless the therapists. God, like, it takes a lot of your own mental energy you know yeah. you're giving it to you're giving it to your students you're giving it to your patients man and, yeah yeah you know I, i'm trying to unfortunately these days be a little more selfish with mine mm -hmm. because i i could tell like shoot my brain is fried right now what did i do to yeah. uh maybe a little yeah. less time with this person maybe a little less time doing this and um it's, yeah well i feel like calling it selfishness is what <laughs> we're trained to think of yeah, it as right? but it's not really yeah, like that because not. i mean it's really you're doing what you need to yeah do to you gotta take care of yourself first yeah exactly uh -huh. I, well you can't help uh -huh. anyone if you're in bad condition oh, yeah, already right, you know what i mean right. so if you actually want to help somebody uh -huh. you do need to be somewhat yeah. selfish to yourself so that you're actually capable of helping them that's how someone framed it to me and it i was like oh yeah obviously uh, if i if i if if i'm over here being crazy there's no <laughs> way i can help anybody so you know in a way me being selfish is actually being uh, less selfish so no it's true i mean i think it was tony robbins i was listening to one of his um episodes on his podcast mm -hmm. yesterday it's just like they obviously tell you if you're a parent um on a plane you know, if the freaking life vest come, uh, the oxygen mask come down. Oh, yeah. Make sure you're good first. You're you know what I'm saying? Mask. Like, yeah. so it's obvious, man. I just, you know, I know it's going to take more than just me to kind of let people know that there are options for, for, for mental health. But, mm -hmm. hey, man, why not? We're so obsessed with, you know, I love breaking. You know, I I break uh, about three times a week. I box about three times a week. Mm -hmm. I go biking. I love, I love um, the physical aspect of life, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. everything got to align, man. You mm -hmm. know, you freak. Yeah. Is that what drew you to breaking? Um, like the physical aspect of it? No, nah, I just think I was like a low key, like hyperactive kid, like a kind of an artistic kid, maybe uh -huh. like that just saw it. And was very intrigued by it. Mm. Um, so, you know, when I was younger, it's just school was cool. I mean, preschool was lit. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with blocks and, you know, hollering at I went the to, uh, or whatever. Man, this kid, I remember I went to a uh, walkthrough. My, my pops brought me to preschool and there was a walkthrough. I didn't even, uh, before I started. And I saw one of the kids there, and he had the uh, Ghostbuster, the car, the, the, the car they had. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn, I don't have that. This is going to be so dull when I start. <laughs> but anyways, I'm getting off the subject. Um, yeah, I I just always like doing things like uh, I used to play the piano. Okay. You know, I used to play at the talent shows in elementary school. Okay. You know, fifth grade, I think I played some boys to men. Oh, nice. I took martial arts as 
as a kid. Okay. Um, you know, I, I like that. I like the competitive um, part of that. And I would just like, man, I would do such cringeworthy stuff as a kid. Just like <laughs> acting like I was a radio DJ recording it on a freaking oh, cassette yeah. player. And then, oh, yeah, I would do stuff like that. I would try to remix songs. We weren't even the same BPM. But I was like, ooh, this this tape came with uh, the acapella on this side. This one has the instrumental on this side. Oh, and I'm like, damn, this shit. You know, I was like, it don't make sense. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I've always been kind of... Dr- Music, um, competition, like physically, physical competition. Um, I've I've always been really drawn to it, you know. And truth okay. be told, like before breaking, the I actually wanted to DJ before I started breaking. Oh, okay. But yeah, I don't know how. Like uh, this is gonna this is gonna sound super cliche, but you know the term. Oh, I didn't choose hip hop. Hip hop chose me. Mm. Like yeah. To be quite honest, that's kind of how it was. Um, yeah. Not to get off topic, I know we're trying to go into breaking, but I was just intrigued by the culture. I don't know how. Um, my dad uh, was really into music. A lot of people okay. his age were. But I saw how much he took care of his records yeah. and his tapes and his H. He took, they were in great shape. Even mm. his boot, the shit he bootlegged had like typed out labels and everything was so so like it meant something to him yeah you know nothing was warping nothing none of his tapes were breaking so i saw how much music meant to him you know with all the music he was collecting and i remember in i don't know how i had that idea hip-hop must have i must have seen on mtv or something memory's usually good but i don't know how i first saw scratching i remember in second grade um second grade my teacher every week would have this little shop, um, like set up with little like knickknacks, trinkets, books, and all that. Mm-hmm. Like if you you rack up points during the week if you did some good shit, right? Okay. And then I know she pulled this gift out of the freaking, you know, out of her closet. She hasn't been to in like twenty plus years. But there was a book, so it was a uh-huh. read along book, but the read along audio was a record. Oh, okay. right. Yeah, so yeah. she was like. I was like, I want this with my points. And she was like, oh, oh, that's a record. I'm sorry. And I was like, no, my dad has a record player. I'm going to freaking play it at home. She was like, are you sure? It was, <laughs> I think it was like a Clifford the Big Red Dog audio book <laughs> on my something. And then I get home and I'm on my dad's belt drive yeah. record player, right? But I'm trying to scratch this oh, audio yeah, book <laughs> and it's not working. And my dad gets in. He's like, what the hell are you doing with my damn chair? I'm like, oh, my, I got this from my teacher. And he's like, what? So I did, and then, you know, <laughs> Red didn't know Cliff. I think it was shout out to Clifford, the big red dog. Yeah. Man. Oh. And growing up, like, I think it was like around nine or 10, I would see my cousins DJing. Okay. And, you know, my shy, passive-aggressive ass was like, you know, they even asked me, hey, you want to learn? I'm like, oh, no. I was, like, shy. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting uh, a little older and then realizing, oh, that shit, that shit takes money. You know, yeah. it's, uh, turntables ain't cheap. Yeah, no. You know, my parents at that time were not in the best uh, financial position to be splurging on me like that. Okay, yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I got into break, you know, because I've, I used to see people. Uh, I, I took FYI, Taekwondo. And another art called Tong Sudo, another martial art called yeah, Tong Sudo, yeah. which okay. a lot of people don't know. Shout out to Ryan Porter. He's the only person uh-huh. that I've met that has 
also taken Tong Sulo. Okay. So, I've heard of it. I've oh, never okay, done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I would see people, you know, maybe once in a while do a drill or a flare just on the side. Okay. Um, and I was like, damn, that looks, that looks cool. Okay. But, man, I really got into breaking because, again, things, I don't think the circle is finished, but I was blessed enough to live two blocks down from um, second-generation Rock Force members. Mm, like, two blocks okay. in this little city called Sassoon City. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people just say Fairfield, but Sassoon City, Fairfield is kind of like Lake Forest, Irvine, or like Midway... Um, I mean, Garden Grove, like uh, like Sacramento, even right. They're it's a good, like, like thirty miles apart, right? Oh like no, 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 no. Uh, Sassoon and Fairfield. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like right back. It's back to back. I'm trying to think oh, what okay. other city would be like that. Kind of like Pinole and Hercules. Oh, okay. You feel me? Oh, it's like like, yeah. The freeway or whatever. Uh huh. Something like that. But um, man, I was just so blessed to live two blocks down from them. Uh, their names were. Elmer Daytona mm-hmm. and Eric Daytona. And randomly, I went to kindergarten with Eric Daytona. Okay. You know, at that, being that young, I knew nothing about breaking. We're just some baby ass kids in, uh, yeah. in kindergarten. He even went to my, uh, so I had second generation Rock Force member at my fifth birthday at Scandia. You know, uh, like, and that's why I love Rock Force because it actually means more to me, more so that, like, it means more, it's deeper than breaking. Yeah, yeah. It's deeper than rap. You feel me? Um, so I remember just being a being a little kid, man, and freaking riding my bike around the neighborhood, and then I'd see the garage halfway open, halfway. And I'm like, "What are they doing in there?" Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, they're breaking." I just stop and and stop and just watching. All like, "Oh, that's so cool." How um, old were you? Uh, I was probably like during that time. I was probably like nine, eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then again, I saw Elmer and Eric practicing one other day, and uh, I was like, "Man, he's still he he actually he's breaking like for real." And then I was like, oh, you know, I see a shirt. I mean, my memory's so crazy. Um, he had this shirt that was airbrushed. It said baby legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and it had the Filipino flag on it. I think he was, they performed at Great America or something. Okay. And then um, randomly, my cousin, my mom, my first cousin, his mom is my mom's sister, had moved two houses down from Elmer and Eric. Okay. So I get, I'm only two blocks away as a kid. I'm not really, I'm going there once in a while on my bike, you know? Yeah. But now that my cousin moved right there, um, I was uh, on their street all the time. The street was Blue Jay. And, you know, when my cousin was kicking it there, I'd go, and I'm like, damn, what is this, uh, what is this big ass trophy? And Eric's like, oh, mm. Eric would be like, oh, that trophy's bigger than you, man. Uh, Elmer won it. I believe he won it at Best of the Best. Okay. It was a uh, pretty known jam in San Jose yeah, yeah. back in the 90s. Um, so I was like, oh, wow, these uh, these brothers, especially um, Elmer, um, are really serious about this breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of got reacquainted with Eric, right? Because we went to year-round schools after kindergarten, and we, he was on yellow track. I was on blue track, so I wasn't seeing him all the time like I did in kindergarten. Oh, okay. But it was like, you know, it was it, it was always love, but I would see him more. Um, and I'd see them break. And I think Elmer may not have been as active by the time I started coming around. But even before I was breaking, I would ask my cousin, hey, do you think you could uh, bug Elmer? Let me borrow best of the best. Do you think you could let me uh, ask him, let me borrow World Wars? Do you think you could? So I would just, and my cousin would just come to my crib with these VHS tapes, mm. you know. Uh, years go by. I'm not even breaking yet. Yeah. You know. And then I see 
Battle of the Year 98. Since videos were produced on VHS, right? Mm-hmm. It took six months to a year for them to be produced yeah. and you could buy them. Yeah. So I'm actually, I actually bought it from my friend Ed in Driver's Ed. Uh-huh. And I think I was like 15 and I watched it. Rock Force won that. And I was like, okay. That's the name of the crew of the kids that I grew up with. Yeah. If these cats are associated with some champs, you yeah. know, from the 707. Yeah, you, um, Rock Force was created in Union City. Yeah. You know, um, but for a little bit, there were some hitters out of Sassoon and Fairfield. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, yo, this is where you're from, too. And mm-hmm. with that, that was kind of like, okay, I'm really going to try this thing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, as a little kid, I think I had a little drill I, I, I learned, you know, just on my own, try to do it at parties and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think in Taekwondo, someone taught me, like, the basis of a flair. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But it wasn't until I saw Value 98 I really started breaking. But even then... Um, it was kind of inconsistent for the first year or two of breaking because I was wrestling in high school, okay. and that was that was that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then after after wrestling, you know, uh, I felt like I was in really good shape. Uh, leaned out a little bit, and then it was just it was breaking from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sorry for the long story, but it was it's just so weird how you know breaking came into my life. Yeah, no, it was kind of yeah. It, it's it's cool because it's like. It kind of fell in your lap, but mm-hmm. it is it cre- made you who you were, yeah. who you are. Yeah. yeah. So. so it was like, you know, there's a lot of local local crews, you know. Shout mm-hmm. out to Dream Team. There's Nation Rock. UBC was actually before me, mm-hmm. but they, they were some, that was a real respectable crew out of out of the 707. Uh, shout out to Grump. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, though there were all these crews, it was like, Oh, that's Elmer from Rock Force. You yeah. know, that's uh-huh. Elmer from Rock Force. And then, you know, then, oh, that's Jeff from Rock Force as time starts mm-hmm. to go. Um, and it was just crazy how, you know, especially being a young Filipino kid, we didn't know who, we didn't really have too many role models. I mean, a lot of my, no disrespect, but, you know, a lot of my Filipino homies want to be the first uh, Filipino Michael Jordan, you feel me? Uh huh. Unfortunately, the average height isn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. really up there. I mean, I still feel like we're going to get a full blooded Filipino or Filipino American in the NBA one day, hopefully mm-hmm. sooner than later. But hip hop, to at least to how I felt, was really open arms. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like you, you don't matter where you come from, it don't matter your, um, your height, or it don't matter that. You yeah. know, let's just do it. So. Those are the cats that I looked up to, man. So it wasn't really just a hip-hop thing. It was just, like, the kids around the neighborhood on top of the crazy shit they were doing as kids, bored as hell in Fairfield, California. They also did some hip-hop shit. They were also breaking. They were also popping. They mm-hmm. were all, yeah. It, so, and I know you were talking about DJing earlier. Did they introduce you to it? or I, Well, I know you were saying that uh-huh. you saw scratching at some point. But no, like, you know what it was? Um, I've always, I used to, um, I used to go to DJ Flow, one of my best friends, uh, Chris, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. DJ Flow. I used to go to his house a little bit and kind of just try to play around with scratching and okay. little stuff. So honestly, it was really just breaking in events, some nine to fives, but breaking in events and for a short period of time, battle rapping, right? That's what I was doing. But I was throwing events, whether it was breaking, whether it was nightlife, whether it was a private event. And I had, and some of these venues didn't have turntables. 
mm. right? There was no controllers like there are nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And some of these DJs like, oh, I can't play on CDJs. I can't play on this and that. I need turntables. So I was like, okay. So one day I just bought turntables just for the sake of my DJs having some for backup if we were at a venue that didn't have one okay. or have a pair. Okay. And then, yeah, it, was, it wasn't honestly till later. Until um, yeah. I was just at my house board and I was like, oh, let me just set this damn, okay. set these turntables and this mixer up. Yeah. Kind of taught myself, got some good game and some good pointers um, from my friends. Um, but yeah, that wasn't until later and it's still kind of weird. Uh, I, I like when whenever uh, you hear me promote uh, one of my gigs, I always say like I'm spinning or I'm playing music. Mm -hmm. Just because being from the Bay, especially being a Filipino from, you know, NorCal, Ah uh, man, they've set the bar really high for DJs, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. and so it's like I don't want to disrespect the craft because you know obviously there's cats that just start dancing like oh, I'm a b boy I'm like you just started a month ago, <laughs> you know I guess you know you are and you know I'm this and that uh -huh, we'll see. So I, I kind of had this insecurity where I didn't even want to use like the word DJ with my name, uh -huh. but um, you know just just learning, um, having fun and. Trying to be in the pocket with whatever the hell I'm trying to do. But um, no, nah, man, that was kind of a, I kind of started doing that like around 2005, but didn't really mm. get into it, into it until I moved to Orange County, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I used to DJ a little bit when I was Sick. a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel like I basically started it when I started breaking. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I just what had this. Uh, I started in 2001, I think. Oh, so there was no Serato yet. No, yeah, there was no Serato. Records, wow. I just had this shitty, um, turntable. I can't even remember. It was Stanton just Stanton Gemini. It was like, it was a Stanton, but it was like the shittiest the one. Belt you can drive. Get. It wasn't uh, belt drive, but really? it was, it was a piece of it shit. It was though. some like DJ in a box setup. Uh, from guitar so, yeah, basically something I did get at <laughs> guitar center, I think. But so like, but we would, uh, we would bring it to our practice and we would just take turns DJing. Oh, wow. I mean, we like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, so it sounds like shit, but uh, it was like, we would have, you know, some legit break records that we would just be uh, juggling. So we'd be juggling for like 10 minutes, like the same freaking song while people are breaking and stuff. And then we'd switch out and whatever. Yeah. And so, oh, that's so that's awesome. like how I learned how to DJ. And really? then, you know, uh, Soon after, I don't know when Serato came around. Uh -huh. I was already out of the game. I mean, oh, okay. I, 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 I've just always been into music, uh -huh. and so it was fun to kind of like learn how to how to you know have my elementary level freaking DJ. Uh, that's cool though. Yeah, uh, at least so. you dab dabbled into it a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, I look back in hindsight, I go, oh man, that actually taught me a lot about hip hop, mm. and I didn't even know mm -hmm. what the fuck I was doing. I was just like. You know, being introduced to hip hop, seeing DJs do that, and I was like, mm. "Oh, that's kind of cool." You know, they're taking just some shitty record that my mom has or my dad has, and then they're just looping it and making yeah. like a dope song out of it. I'm like, Let me try that. <laughs> like, you know, you know, my parents got a ton of shitty records, so let's do it. So, what but anyway, so it's they like, had. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. We just tried to we we started messing around and like, but. I don't know. I guess that gave me a good uh -huh. foundation for like what hip hop is. Uh. Like, you know, I guess, you know, as it was birthed, uh -huh. it's kind of like we recreated that almost in our own little yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, you know we, I mean? so we did, man. In hindsight, I'm glad that I 
kind of did uh, that. Everything kind of relates in some weird, crazy way. You yeah. know, I mean, I didn't really get in. By the time I was like getting heavy into it, or at least with gigs, I should say. Yeah. Um, I could always practice more, right? But doing more gigs, I mean, unless you're spinning like a, a all vinyl night or all, all 45 night or, you mm-hmm. know, specifically playing on wax i mean serato was go-to or tractor yeah. right but yeah. serato so I, th- I feel like maybe that's why i was like a little insecure about calling myself a dj because i literally seen my friends transition from a shitload of crates mm-hmm. even at the club you know what i'm saying oh uh-huh, yeah yeah you had your too short your little johns yeah and you had um all these bay area uh records and then you know, you go, they transition on Serato. Kind of like they earned Serato. That's how I felt yeah. like they earned Serato. And yeah, I felt like maybe I didn't earn it. For a while, yeah, but yeah. now I don't, I feel like nah, people nah. don't know. Yeah. They, they, and it's, they and, juggle with just a button or whatever. Which is cool. I mean, to each his own. You know, I'm not, yeah. you know, as I'm getting older and doing things more and seeing the good and the bad things the elders did, the good and the bad things the, you know, the younger ones are doing, I'm like, to each his own whatever works i guess mm-hmm. but you know i was collecting vinyl but definitely when it came to gigs i was not hauling in no uh mm. no crates of vinyl yeah 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 i mean that all my friends that were like heavy into djing they would carry yeah shit tons of crates the cats oh, some djs man even though they don't look the healthiest they're kind of low-key strong as hell because yeah. they're like used oh, to yeah. bringing speakers big old speakers uh, yeah. and stuff setting it up by themselves uh-huh. sometimes so yeah i mean they, uh, yeah they had a hustle for sure i mean my my um my boy in sack he who cool cuts nah cool well cool cuts He's does always, the same yeah. thing but i there i got a friend named rip one he, oh yeah rich 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 yeah yeah, yeah. that dude used to have this True. i think it was like this crappy jeep or something and it was fucking filled with crates uh-huh. and i would help him set up stuff sometimes and i was like dude you got hell of shit that you're bringing in here dude it's crazy i remember he's playing like a get a clue and shit right yeah, yeah, a get a clue. yeah he was yeah. always at get a clue yeah. yeah he used to work that i think that's how i met him actually. really um I think I met him there, and then he was just at a practice one time because he used to break too. So, we, and then we were just we would just dance together and shit. So, um, how how is he, man? I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a while, a but I, I mean, I hear he's still doing gigs and shit. So, Hell yeah, you know, he's, he's on his own thing. I don't think he breaks anymore. Though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you look like you just enjoyed the time, you yeah, know, with yeah, the yeah. floor. If there was an f- open floor, we'd fuck around and yeah, no, he, try some shit out. He, he, I, I liked him because he would just play some tight song and he would just dance for like 10 minutes. Like, I, I remember when we would do shows sometimes, uh, he would just go like, oh, I want to dance to this song. And he would dance till the, the song was so over. Yeah. And it's in the middle of like a show that we're doing or yeah. whatever. And it was like, oh, dude, you kind of like took the whole time. <laughs> like, oh, man. You know what I mean? but yeah. Shout out to him. Shout yeah, out yeah, Rip One. Rich. Shout um, out Get a Clue. We're hitting a, an hour and 17 minutes right now. Um. We didn't even talk about. We didn't <laughs> My even bad if I was going about. on crazy ass tangents. No, no, it's good. I think this has been good. This has been a good discussion. We hadn't talked about rap yet, but maybe we should just <laughs> close that out. Uh, close out the show with with just a quick discussion of that because I know you, you've been like a battle rapper for a real long time, right? Uh, I mean, I dabble. I did it for like two, for like three, three almost four years. Only a little bit. Only a little bit. I I did it. I started doing it in 2002. Yeah. And I think I stopped around 2000. So you don't do it much anymore? No, no. I mean, I had a, such a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I was pretty garbage. I mean, a lot of the shit is pretty cringeworthy. Mm. I just happened to get lucky to get those wins that I did. Surprisingly, I don't know how I got them, but you know, for for the little amount of time I was in it, I mean, you know, I had some fun with it. The first the first trip I actually got out of state through hip hop wasn't even through breaking. It was mm. through MC battling. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, was, it wasn't even through breaking. Um, but yeah, they, it was kind of short lived. But you know, I, I'm still I'm still writing. Even more so now. Like, I was always kind of writing. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, okay, I actually like the stuff that I'm writing. Um, I'll, I'll probably be spending a lot more time in the studio. Hopefully, uh, I will be putting out a project maybe closer to the fall or maybe during the okay. fall. Um, but, you know, ba- battle rap, uh, I don't know if it was because the environment I was in, I was just able to, like, kind of, you know grab their energy a little better than the people i was battling but Mm. man those are some interesting times but um yeah it was fun man that's just one aspect one little aspect of rap you know because rap is really a lot more complex than than a lot of people think i mean but just just as complex as yeah i mean mean, me being competitive and like growing up on people roasting each other seeing the 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 older kids around my block just roasting each other. I just felt like, okay, this is this this is something I kind of want to yeah. fuck around with. Battle rap always looked hella fun to me, but I'm like, dude, I don't know if I'm witty enough to do yeah. that in the moment. Like, make it rhyme and, like, just clown someone hella hard. I'll tell you this much, man. The adrenaline you get, that's why I know there's some battle rappers, like, till this day that have been, that are, like, seasoned. Whether you're watching King of the Dot or you're watching URL, Smack, or these other leagues, some of these mm. people have been doing it for a while, but I know why, man. That... That adrenaline rush you get from the crowd reaction is ridiculous. Do mm. more, at least for me personally, more so than breaking. Like, oh, really? It's ridiculous. Yeah. But okay. I would also notice, especially how you know, I never really tried my shot at the written leagues. You know, everything back then was like freestyling over a beat um, or whatnot. My brain would be freaking exhausted you know trying to freestyle trying to freaking size up your opponent trying to you know sometimes shit would hit sometimes it wouldn't um but yeah man it's uh it's different it's different you know yeah because you definitely got to use your mind your body and all that for breaking don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong um the physical aspect not so much with mc battling um but damn you my brain would feel uh fried after after Mm. after a battle you know but it, it was so fun yeah, are there any similarities between like battle rap and 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 breaking? Um, I definitely think there is. So if you don't mind, I'll kind of like compare it to rap in general, right? So okay. there is, right? So me being um, a b boy, me, you know, breaking for probably breaking for three years, three four years already before I started getting into battle M- MC battling. Yeah. Being from Cali, um, the Bay Area, the style I had was very kind of based on bigger moves, right? The bigger yeah. execution. So when it came to battle rap, it's like I'm all. It's all about the punchline. It's all about the boom, the boom, the boom. Um, and now when it comes to me trying to compose songs, me trying to write music, uh-huh. you know, yeah, I can maybe take the same idea of just the punchline or the blow up. But, you know, I remember Flo, DJ Flo, I always used to hear him talk about, yeah, this project's cool and this is cool because he's just in the pocket. 
as as someone that's pushing creativity, I'm like, no, nah, man, fuck being in the pocket. You got to be outside the box, uh-huh. you know? And then I'm hearing, and then when I did the tour, I, I was blessed enough to do a, a tour in China in 2017 with Jabberwockies. I would hear them preach about stay in the pocket, you know, when you're moving, but sometimes you're doing too much. Nah, just stay in the pocket. Mm. And that's good. And so I saw that. I, uh, I heard that from Fee a lot. Shout out to Fee mm-hmm. from Jabba. And then when it came to music, I heard that from Flo. And then when I started, like, it, it, it's so basic, but it was something I was, like, overlooking was when it came to even breaking. But music, like, oh, sometimes you just got to stay in the pocket. You got to, like, like um, you got to find, you know, the cadences and the flow. Delivery got to be on point, regardless if you're, you know, spin bars, a punchline, or you're just talking some shit on a track. But same thing, I think, with breaking, too, kind of. You know, sometimes you just got to be in the pocket and then once in a while I'll come with that punchline, you know, mm. or maybe you go punchlines back to back, you know. So now I'm comparing punchlines to a blow up, right, which is a big, was like your crowd pleasing, moving, breaking. So now it's like, oh, OK, but me coming from like breaking that's so battle and competition oriented, me coming from MC battling, which is just all, you know, competitive when it came to. When it, now when I'm writing music, I'm trying to understand pockets. I study a lot of artists, and I've been studying, um, you know, even after I quit uh, battle rap in 2005. Um, I've always studied diff, diff, different styles, but even more so the pockets and saying like, okay, you know what? Maybe you don't have to be so inter- Maybe you don't have to have a punchline every freaking bar. Yeah, you yeah. know. Or maybe you could ride the beat in a more chill way. But same thing. The same thing. I feel yeah. like with breaking, you don't always have to be at a hundred percent. You know, you don't always have to go one hundred and ten. You got to fall back to fifty, yeah. maybe forty, and then get up to eighty, and then boom, hit them with that with that mm. um, with that line. So yeah, it there's like a you, you mm. can control the buildup a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's a story, right? I yeah. mean, you're telling a story, whether you're rapping, whether you're doing, whether you're dancing. Uh, you're telling a story, uh-huh. and the story isn't a bunch of damn exclamation points. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. It's like it has its ups and its downs, and it has its buildups, uh-huh. and it has its climaxes, pause. It has everything, uh, and it applies to to spinning. It applies to DJing as well. You know, uh-huh. because when I first, I was so obsessed um, with this trying to drop fire ass tracks at these parties or even trying yeah. to go over people's heads like i bet you don't they don't know about this shit yeah it's like donovan you're at sharky's in newport beach yeah there's three people <laughs> on the dance floor like come on yeah man. like you think this dude in some flip-flops and cargo shorts really cares about this crazy yeah. hip-hop shit you just came up on yeah yeah but anyways whether it was a big nightclub a bar um you know less than a hundred hundreds thousands of people you know, a pocket's really important. Some people, especially the younger cats, so I, I get why they do it now. It's like they're so impressionable to wanting to just go hitter, hitter, banger, mm-hmm. hitter, banger, hitter. When it's like gauge the crowd, stay in the pocket of what they like. Yeah. Okay, now you could kind of feed them some some left yeah. field shit. Maybe you could feed them some something different, but you got them now. And I feel like same thing with rap, same thing with breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, at, at this time in my life me being in my mid 30s mm-hmm. um not that I, you know i'm still learning i'm still studying new moves 
new new um, rappers, new DJs and producers. I'm still studying. I'm still trying to add to my vocab, mm-hmm. but also be trying to be resourceful and efficient with what I know. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so with breaking, okay, I want to learn to do this and that. But what do I what do I have right now that I can make dope as hell? Yeah, you know, yeah. There's a lot of shit that I have that other people uh, I don't have that people have, but there's a lot of stuff that I could do that a lot of people can't do. Uh-huh. You know, so trying to really just be resourceful. Same thing with the rhyming. Okay, maybe I don't have this artist's um, the same strengths as these artists, um, but I could kind of be witty. I could be fucking clever. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a strong voice. So yeah, man, it all goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like straight up, like. At least in my experience, I'm not a master in any of the things I do. So it's hard mm-hmm. for me to say, you know, what it really is. But at least for me personally, with DJing, um, rhyming and dancing, everything is uh, everything relates and everything is kind of like, uh, yeah, based off the same rules. Yeah, yeah it's, no. it's really crazy. Yeah, it, it all kind of the way uh-huh. it's kind of all matched. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. That's dope. Well, Yo, with that being said, I think that's a great way to end the show. <laughs> Yo, man, thanks for coming on, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Um, follow you at, wait, what's your Instagram? Uh, Instagram is D-O-N-O-V-A-N underscore 707. That's at Donovan underscore 707. And Feel Good Inc. is, or you guys Feel Good Collective. Feel um, Good Collective. At the Feel Good Collective. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. SoundCloud for show. I mean... We're around. Yeah. Know. Reach out, man. Yeah. Yeah. We still working. Still working. Yeah. Dope. Thanks for coming on. I feel like I can keep talking to you forever, but <laughs> I know at a certain point, people are going to be like, man, I don't want to listen to this shit anymore. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I'll probably hit you up to do another episode if you're down with that yeah, some other yeah. day, you know? Uh-huh. Um, anyways, thanks for being on, for dude. For sure. Uh, thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, y'all. Shit, my camera turned off. Oh, well. Fuck it. <laughs> the Peace. GoPro did? <laughs>